Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Stroke TV Show and Podcast. I'm host Dan Alva, and we've got Deborah, my co-host, waiting on in the green room, and I got we got a special show for you today. We have a, we have got Jerry Ward, who is Miss Ohio International 2021. It is going to be the main. We're going to hear her stroke survivor story. She had a, a semic stroke at age 30. So let's, let me begin. Let's get right into it. I'm really excited about this show. Deborah, here's Deborah. So we did bring Deborah on. I'm excited. I'm like so excited, guys. This is good morning, Deborah. Yeah, it's good morning, Aaron. Good morning, everybody. Please take a minute to share this because what Jerry is going to be talking about is really going to help a lot of people from the stroke world and and communities and and the work she's doing. You guys, share, share, share. Yeah, great. Now, without further ado, let's bring on her. Jerry South, Jerry Ward. Good morning, Jerry. Got you the fabulous, honey. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hello, Stroke TV community. I am so, so happy to be here. And thank you both Aaron and Defer for having me today. Oh, thank you for coming. We're so pleased and honored. And, and what you're doing is just amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Yeah, you know, I think what the most incredible thing is, is as we progress, as Deborah and I grow Stroke TV, we're getting more and more amazing guests like yourself. I appreciate that. Guests higher and higher caliber. I mean, I mean, you're going to start collaborating with um, Coleman Watson. Thank you. Come on, watch. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Well, I think I think that just goes to show the stroke affects every kind of person. There's not a race. There's not a socioeconomic status. There's not a gender. There's not an age. It's mm-hmm. everyone. And I think that's the message that we're all trying to get out, right? Is that this can happen to anyone and it can even happen multiple times. Heaven forbid. I feel like you need to knock on wood. Um, yes, 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 yes. But, <laughs> but yeah, you all need to <laughs> knock on wood as well. But um, but obviously this is something that we're facing every single day and we're having like millions of people die per year due to stroke. And it's just out of control at this point. It is. It, it absolutely is. is. Well, I think before we get in, let me answer. I got so excited for you to ask and introduce yourself. Oh, yeah. That's all right. Yeah. So I am Jerry Ward. I am Mrs. Ohio International 2021, and I am a stroke survivor at the age of 30, as Erin said. Um, as Mrs. International, um, Mrs. Ohio International, going to Mrs. International next month, my platform is called Stroke of Luck. And that is all about education, advocacy, and acting. So what we can do to educate ourselves and others 
what advocacy work that we can do to prevent and help stroke survivors or even victims, and then what action we can take to prevent stroke in others and ourselves. So um, it's obviously my passion. It's my world. I know you guys understand that fully because it is, is your passion in your world as well. So that's kind of a little bit about me, but I live in Dayton, Ohio. I have a husband. I have two crazy cats, and <laughs> that's what I do. That is so awesome, Jerry. Now, you you know, you look at what you've done with your life, and, you know, you're the epitome of what I, I – it's mindset. There are two types of search survivors. One's that curl up and – our stroke victims, they curl up they die. Life is over. There's a period put at the end. But there are those that don't have a period of stroke. They use a stroke to help people. And I'm in stroke as a bay advocate that stroke that stroke is mindset. Now you wouldn't do you said George, what were you doing? What was your life like before your stroke? Good question. Yeah, so I often say that I have Jerry 1.0 and Jerry 2.0. I love it. And 1.0, I mean, I like to think that she was doing okay. You know, um, a few college degrees, a good social work job, worked in crisis counseling as well for children, very active in my community, probably a little too active. Um, didn't make enough time for myself. I would say that I was working for everyone else instead of trying to revive myself and, and fulfill myself. Um, wasn't probably getting enough sleep. Um, so I think that's a factor as well. But um, I was incredibly active and I love my life. And, you know, I loved, I had only been married for um, just a year at that point. And so newlywed and just trying to figure out life, move to a new state and everything. And so life was good. I can't complain. It, it was hectic, but it was good. What were you doing when you What were you doing? I was actually sitting on my couch. It was around 10 p.m. And it, it kind of is, it's bittersweet to think like your home feels like your safe place, right? Mm -hmm. That's where you come to decompress from the world. That, that's where you come to find love and safety and comfort. And I definitely never thought sitting on my couch that I would ever have like an episode that would change my life. But I actually had a headache for five days prior to my stroke. And because of how busy I was all the time, I just kept putting it on the back burner, on the back burner. Mm -hmm. I had people to take care of, I had children whose lives needed to be saved. Um, I had community work that couldn't wait. And I just kept saying, it's just a headache. It's fine. We're good. Everyone has headaches. Everyone is stressed. Yep. And that day, I felt incredibly sick. Um, extreme migraine. I actually left work early, which is very uncommon, uncommon for me because I'm pretty much a workaholic. And um, I was sitting on the couch with my husband when I heard a pop in the back of my head. And it kind of fizzled out like the sound of fireworks. And I was like, hmm, that's, that's odd. Oh. I, I wasn't expecting that. And then I felt a little bit of vertigo. So I felt like the room was spinning a little bit. Oh. 
And I tried to tell my husband that I wasn't okay. He was right next to me, but I couldn't move or speak at all at that point. So I just picked up my laptop off my lap. And after about 10 seconds, I was able to toss it. And my husband was like, what the heck are you doing? Throwing your laptop across the room. But um, when I tried to tell him what had just happened to me, he um, he, he couldn't understand because my words were incredibly absurd. I wasn't making any sense. So the words I was saying did not match what I was trying to do. And I was finally able to say hospital. So he took me to the hospital and I was there diagnosed with having a massive ischemic stroke. Wow. Yeah. Now, I, people are not going to believe that, Sherry. But <laughs> you actually were unable to speak when you first correct oh yeah yeah i was to speak for a long time um and it's it's funny because the voice that i have now does not sound like the voice that i had in jury 1.0 it's voices they've been different because i had to learn how to speak read write and move all over again from scratch so i didn't know what letters were i didn't know how to make sounds I couldn't really walk. My balance was awful. So that's going to be really fun next month. See me in six inch heels on stage (laughs) walking around. I hope you're practicing, girlfriend. I'm practicing, but pray for me. Um, Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I was I was basically an infant again. I went from this 30 year old, thriving, independent, fun loving humanitarian to an infant and it it just the morale the hit that takes on your ego and on your ability like why did I get so many degrees if I wasn't going to be able to speak again like it it just going back to your point Aaron yeah you know it you either let yourself kind of dwell in that place of sorrow and victimhood or you say, okay, this really sucks. And let's figure this out. You know, like the, those Absolutely. are really two options. And I read a quote that said early on in my stroke. Well, I didn't read it. A, a quote was read to me early on in my stroke. And it said, you either get bitter or you get better. Ooh, love that. Yeah, you either get bitter or you get better. Wow. And I was That's like, huge. I was like, okay, bitter isn't gonna change anything, right? Isn't it's right. not gonna help me get Jerry 1.0 back? It's not gonna help Jerry 2.0 to get any better. If anything, it's just me not taking advantage of the second life that I was given. And so I decided that better was the only way that I could could go forward. And it wasn't easy. It was hard most of the time. I cried a lot. I was angry a lot. I was trying to figure out like how to function, how to how to like use a bathroom by myself, how to swallow food. Like the most basic things became huge, and I just learned how to celebrate every little thing. And That's by important. doing that, that that kept me moving forward. 
That's so huge that you said that because we had another guest who had locked-in syndrome and she says the same thing. Celebrate those little mile markers, mm -hmm. those little things. Don't just say, because too many people will say, well, yeah, I took three steps today, but I'm still walking with a walker is what she said, right? right. But that kind of made a good point because, yeah, you might be still using a walker today, but yeah. you took those three steps. Yeah. Whereas yesterday, maybe not. And, and that's such a huge point that you just made about, yes, take every little step and celebrate it. And it's okay for, you know, we're never saying on Stroke TV that it's not okay to mourn who you were and, and, sure. and, and lose touch of who you were. But always, you know, don't unpack your suitcase and stay in that pity spot. Right. Just go there, visit it, and then just get up and move on and right. and try to figure out you're going to have to find a new normal most of the time it's mm -hmm. going to be a new normal even when you have a stroke like mine it didn't affect my speech and and but a little bit of my limbs but i still struggle with what went on in my brain and yeah. even though people look at me and go wow you were lucky it's like don't consider this lucky if you felt what i feel yeah. But I do celebrate those little things that you make me feel better. Yeah. Yeah, you have to. And I was actually, um, I just saw a post last night, and my stroke friend Duncan, uh, I, he said he may be watching right now, but Duncan, if you're watching, we love you, and uh, we're super excited to po potentially bring you on the show one day. You guys would yes. love to talk with Duncan. Um, so he is actually a locked-in syndrome survivor, and he posted that he took 60 steps, or he um, walked 60 feet yesterday. And for locked-in syndrome individual, that's massive. And the average person would just be like, okay. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> you don't understand how incredible that is. That, I mean, that's life-changing. And so, but I feel like just in general, in life, if people would start celebrating the little things versus just looking the bigger picture, I feel like they would have a more blessed life, a more joyful life. And I, I think that's the approach that you have to take as a stroke survivor. But I think anybody can apply that. To Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Acceptance. To me, yeah. that word is acceptance and relentless because you want to accept where you're at. You want to accept what happened to you, but you want to be relentless in making sure you get that 2.0 version of yourself. Right. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Two things that kind of one that struck me is counting yourself 1.0 or 2.0. Now I am 2.0. Me too. <laughs> The bitter, bitter or get better. That mm -hmm. is, that to me is, believe me not, it seems so simple. But I'm talking to every stroke survivor, any survivor out there. Those, that's your choice. You get bitter or get better. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's, that's awesome. I love it, Jerry. Mm -hmm. really awesome. But let's take a minute and see if that comes out. Remember, you guys, put your post, put your question for Jerry Collins. Oh, starting to scroll to the top. There's, so there's Maggie Bitter. She's joining us this morning. Hey, Maggie. Good morning. It's afternoon in the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, yes, it is. Yeah. 
And it's uh, evening for people watching us overseas. Yeah. Hey, so yeah. Good morning. Good afternoon. By the way, if you're out there and you're watching this in the, in the replay or in the live, tell us where you're watching from. We'd love to hear from where you're located. We'd love to know where, where our show is reaching. But let me there. This is also Brisa's been our show. Hi, Brisa. Yeah. And feel so free to ask me any questions, too. I'm very much an open book. I'll tell you the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. Because that is the only way we grow. And I feel like for me, it's healing to tell my story because, you know, I feel blessed to be alive. But also knowing that other people can find comfort in such a situation in which you feel so unlike yourself and so unlike anything you've ever known before. You know, sometimes people find comfort in, in other people being in that same situation yeah. and, and hearing that they made it through the other side. I mean, we're always growing and changing and getting better. But um I, I mean, it was really hard for me to see myself now when I was in the midst of things. So happy to answer any questions. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I'm curious to ask you to Jeff, Jerry. You, you, were you in pageantry before your stroke or after? I was. So I actually started in pageants at the age of four years old. And so um, pageants were my sport. So practice every day, had walking lessons, singing lessons, interview lessons, had all kinds of lessons after school. Um, and they were really, is really something that I developed um, myself into because I wanted to be in a pretty dress and, you know, mm -hmm. prints around on stage, et cetera. But the older you get, the more it becomes passionate based and you find why you're really doing it. You find what really means so much to you. And obviously for me, stroke means the world to me. I will spend the rest of my life doing stroke advocacy and stroke work. And so this is kind of a, a platform for me to be able to share the, my stroke story and stroke signs, signs and symptoms with the world. So I became Miss right. Ohio by applying and interviewing, and then we have um, an interview process, and then I was awarded the title. I think that was Mary that said that. Maggie. 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah here is another comment from, uh, by the way, look at, we have the United Kingdom here, and uh, she's a new, ING is a new audience member. From the United Kingdom. Oh, hi. Nice to meet you. My husband is from Birmingham, England. Uh, he obviously lives in the States now, but I, I'm sure that you know, but the other viewers may not know that is the second largest city in England. So a little smar smaller than London. All right. There's, we have another question. The, uh, <laughs> uh, the chat is blowing up. I love questions. Give me all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> Don Mitchell wants to know if you have a website. Oh, Aaron, you told me to put my website on the ticker, didn't you? That's why you told me. Yes, I do have a website. So it is thelemonadeproject.org. Thelemonadeproject.org. And we will put all Jerry's mm -hmm. links in the video description in chat. And I'll get together and she'll give me all links. I bet she has more than a few. I said. But Jerry, if you're curious, 
Did you go in that dark place when you first had your stroke? Did you said you were crying? Did you end up in that oh, dark? Yeah. One hundred and ten percent. For the longest time, I could only move my eyes. And so when you're lying in an ICU bed or room for weeks at a time and you can understand all the conversation going on around you. You're completely cognizant to everything everyone is saying about you, but you can make no response. Um, you have a lot of time to think when you're trapped inside of your own. I guess so, yeah. And wow. unfortunately, um, that that sometimes take it takes it to dark places because you start mm -hmm. to think like, is this all my life is gonna be? Is this really what the rest of my life is going to be like? Am I truly going to be trapped inside of my own body forever? I was like, I was just getting started. Like, yeah. what in the world even happened? How could this be? I was worked out every day. I ate pretty, I mean, I love some mac and cheese, but I ate pretty good for the most <laughs> part. Like, I, I felt like I was doing everything the right way. And um, that is a really big blow. And then, you know, when I couldn't bathe myself as a 30 year old woman, when I couldn't use the bathroom without being taken to the bathroom, I, I remember one time I was brushing my teeth. Um, I could stand up at that point, but I was brushing my teeth for the first time by myself. And I was like, yes, like rocks are that is This is yeah. a But then I passed out sitting on my nurse. So luckily she was behind me and I felt back. Um, and I woke up and I was like, I'm just brushing my teeth. Like, oh, yeah. Why, like, why is life so hard right now? Like, I didn't even think about this stuff before. And so I was I was in a dark space for a while, Erin, because I was really mourning what I lost, which is yes. everything. Yeah, you lost. I think every stroke survivor has every right to grieve, to mourn, lose yeah. at work, because we really are one final, one final died. Yeah. Really, and I'll be, I, I died, I know for sure, because I'm near death experience. Right. But it's a, it's a, morning that we go to, which is mm -hmm. nobody should be down on themselves for morning who right. they were. But become, don't stop, don't stay there. Become right. the 2.0 or the better version. I'm a better version, a man I used to be. I'd like to think everyone is a better version. We're more experienced. We may have delays. We may have deficits. But that doesn't make us a worse person. It just makes us a different person. And I would... I would go as far to say, for the most part, that people who survive stroke and who make it to to 2.0 are more gracious. They are more sensitive. Yes. They are more um, sensitive to priorities and what really matters in life. And I, I mean, I'm here to tell you that there is no grieving process or time. So you do not have to put a time on your grief. So some people may be like, it's been a year, get over it. And I just don't think that's fair. No. Um, you you spend however long you were in your 1.0 stage, 
um, you spend that amount of time being who you thought you were. And I don't think you can ever put a timeline on grief. So please don't let anybody make you feel like how you're grieving is wrong because it's not. Just make sure that you're always striving to to get over that grief. That's so that good. Point. Oh, good, good point. point. I got it. I glad you that wish I'll be right back. This is really Jerry. I'm sorry, buddy. This is live and there's an issue with that seat. I gotta go just for the seat. I'll be right back. Okay. It's all yours, Deb. Go we ahead. Got this. <laughs> yeah, we got this. Well, what I wanted to add to what you were saying about grief, and I, I, I can uh, reiterate that is because as a nurse for 40 years, I worked with hospice for about mm -hmm. a good 10 years. And I always saw that, you know, everybody would grieve so differently and, and it's okay. Some people will get up and move on and in three months they're celebrating and having fun right. and going out. Or some people for a year, they don't come out of the house. So there is no time limit, which is so true. But also the big thing that why you're grieving, understand that for the rest of your life, in one way or another, you will continue to grieve because it doesn't right. seem to go away. Right. You, you know, and I always say um, it's not going to be um, – your life is going to change, right. but you need to make acceptance of how it's going to change and just figure out a new normal. Yeah. And it's, it sounds easy, but when you figure out that new normal, because just think about it. When we move houses, that's a new normal. When we move right. jobs, that's a new normal. It's another new normal getting to that 2.0 version of ourselves. Yeah. But acceptance is so big to accept what's happened. And what will yeah. keep you stuck is when you don't accept what's happened. For sure. And I think I think the difference in those new normals is we didn't ask for this. You know, mm -hmm. we didn't ask to have a 2.0 happen. We were perfectly happy with our 1.0. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're when you're getting used to a new normal in life. A lot of times you expect it or you prepare for it or you pay for it. So, you know, it's going to be coming, but it's not yet. This strokes come so all of a sudden and I, they wreck every part of your life, your mental, your physical, your emotional, um, your job, your relationships. Like they throw everything up into the sky and say, good luck how it falls. And so yeah. I think like you said acceptance is is one of the main things but but also perseverance perseverance mm -hmm. and dedication to, yeah. to at least trying to move forward and it's not ideal obviously because once again i wouldn't have asked for my stroke but you know we're dealt the cars we are sometimes and exactly. it's all about being resilient and being able to to at least try to adapt to your new situation Absolutely. Absolutely. I see some of the cats now. Um, let's let's see. see. I know we have a comment here. Let's see if there's any questions. Did you have problems speaking certain words? I have trouble that in with words that are P's and R's. So, yes. Yeah, so, I actually, 
I, I wish I could show you guys a video. Um, maybe I can share it with um, with Aaron Deborah, but I actually was not able to say anything. So I lost all abilities. So yes, I had certain words that were definitely difficult. So fun fact about me, if I have not learned how to say a word as Jerry 2.0, I do not know how to say that word. So people, even at 32 years old now, people will say something and like, can you say that again, but slower and let me say it after you? And they have to be like, this chick is crazy. But I just want to be able to practice that word, right? Because exactly. it, I don't know it. Um, so yes, yes, Maggie, I, I have had a lot, a lot of trouble with words. Yes, it is, Stephen. Absolutely. Every Absolutely. bit of progress creates a new normal. How do you respond to other survivors that use your young age? As so let me tell you, Brisa. <laughs> That is one of my biggest pet peeves, actually. Whenever I go, to, especially to a doctor's office or a physician's office, and they're like, you had a stroke, you're so young. I'm like, yeah, young people have stroke. Like, this is a problem, is that we're classifying strokes as an old person problem. And it's just not. People have strokes in womb before they're even born, right? Yeah. So, um, for me, I always got, you're so little. I thought you have to be overweight. That is not a fact. Yeah. You're so young. I'm like, yeah, I'm 30. So I have a heartbeat and a brain. So I'm old enough to have a stroke. Because that's basically, <laughs> if you have a vascular system, you can have a stroke. <laughs> and then they would say, well, you don't smoke. I'm like, you can have a stroke from breathing. Like it, you can have a stroke from sitting for so long. You can have like there are a bazillion reasons why you can have a stroke. Absolutely. So Brisa, yes, it is very frustrating. Um, and people do often contribute neuroplasticity to my recovery. And I do think that has something to do with it. Obviously, I do think the younger you are, the more neuroplasticity that you have and the greater chance for recovery. Um but I've learned it doesn't matter what people say in my, my stroke recovery. What matters is what I think and how proud I am of myself for my recovery. It can be all neuroplasticity, and that's fine with me because I'm proud of my brain. It's mine. It, it rejuvenated itself, right? So that is no one else's gratitude. That is my own brain. So if you blame it on my age, that's cool, too. Um, I'm so proud of myself. So. Oh my gosh, you should be. And I think everybody out here who has survived and is still in the walking process, because so many people say little things like, well, I wish I could only do this and I wish I could only do that. But what drives me crazy, and I love that we're talking about this with you, because I was wondering if you, because you're working in that environment. Yeah. And I love doctors. I'm not bashing doctors, so please know that. But sometimes they tell you, that you're only this is as good as it's going to be or right. wow you're you're lucky you're where you're at we didn't expect that those are things that to me as a nurse and i've seen miracles with people come through things that we have heard doctors say they wouldn't do you hear a lot of that does that drive you crazy yeah i mean if i 
would have listened to my first um, prognosis, I would be in a vegetative state for the rest of my life if I survived. Obviously, thank God, God willing, I'm not. I did not listen to that. And even when I was trapped inside of my own body and I could only move my eyes in the ICU, you know, that was my new baseline for the rest of my life. And I was like, no, it is not. <laughs> like, I don't care what you said. I was just like, they better be glad that I couldn't speak at that point because I would have risen up out of that bed and been like, no, you're crazy. Um, I can just imagine hearing what you were saying to him. Oh, yeah, yeah. My internal dialogue was really, really sassy that day. That's for sure. (laughs) But I just thought to myself, like, I'm going to learn how to speak again. And when I do, you're not going to be able to shut me up. Like, this is how it's going to be for the rest of my life now. I love it. I love it. They did tell me that a year and a half would be my new baseline. And I disagree with that. Science may say that. I'm not for sure. Um, I'm not that kind of clinician, but I would say that I'm growing a little more every day. The fact that I'm learning new words every day, the fact that I can work on my balance, the fact that I'm, I can actually like undo soda caps, which once again, small miracles, right? We're like, yes, "Yes, you undo the top. Oh, absolutely. But, But for us, that's a big deal. Um, I don't, throw things anymore. My depth perception is a bit better than it was. I don't think we ever stop growing. I think no. you know yourself better than any physician with no matter what medical degree they have. Absolutely. No one knows or has a higher degree in you than you. So I think Absolutely. that's a part of the self-relief and efficacy is the belief in yourself. And mind, your mind is a powerful powerful tool guys if you believe and you tell yourself that you're going to do it you're going to do it that's how athletes become athletes guys they don't just learn to run and 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 get better they work at it and they it's more of a mental thing to tell their bodies but also you know the the brain we only know such a small amount of how the brain works so for someone to tell you well this is how at this mark you're going to be completely where you're going to be right. it's just a ballpark guys remember it's just a not it's just like a gauge it doesn't mean you're not going to go beyond that because right. of the fact that there is so much that's not known about our bodies our resilience our motivation mm-hmm. our drive human nature it's crazy yeah you know, what it really want to drive home is that look at what all three of us on this screen mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. down that to stroke. Now, there were two paths, two roads we could go down mm-hmm. in the early stages of our stroke. And I'm saying this for the benefit of our audience, that there are two roads that you could choose Listen to the word I just said, choose to go down. You could choose to go down the stroke victim road, not excel, not do anything with the life, basically going to die. Or you could become a stroke diver and decide, I'm going to get better. I'm not supposed to be here today. The doctor's not going to be a drooling, babbling mess and 
so on and so forth. And I would probably more than likely died. But I say, do not let those people put labels on, on what you could achieve in your life. Yeah. I believe, I believe that, Jerry, you prime example of being able to achieve great things after serve. Well, and I think you, I don't want to uh, minimize how hard it is, because obviously the three of us worked very hard to get to where we are. Um, just because you don't take the victim route, you don't choose that route, you would choose the survivor and you choose the overcomer. That does not mean that we did not cry. We did not have frustration. We did not try as hard as we could every single day. So I don't ever want anyone to look at us and be like, oh, well, that must be nice. Because this is not where we started, right? right? I exactly. think it's really easy to look at people who have thrived after a stroke and be like, well, that's not me. Um, we worked really, really hard to get to this point. So I don't ever want to minimize that. But... Um, but I, I think it's, what is that quote? Um, whether you believe you can or you cannot, it's up to you or your mind is exactly. up to you, whatever. If you believe you right? can, you yeah. can. If you believe you can't, you can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's very, the self-efficacy part, part of it and the self-belief of I can overcome this. It may not look exactly like how I want it to look because there are multiple things in my life that I wish I could change due to my yeah. stroke. Um, but part of being the survivor is that you're resilient. You learn how to cope. Um, for instance, whenever I'm in a board meeting or I'm in a room with a lot of different people, I have sensory processing disorder. So I have little headphones that I put in that kind of mute sound. They still let me participate, but it mute the sound for me. Do I wish I didn't have to do that? Yeah, I wish I could just be like, happy-go-lucky in a room with tons of people talking at the same time. But the fact of the matter is, is that I can just do that. I can cope and I can live a normal life. So you just have to be resilient, be patient with yourself, be patient with your brain. Neuro fatigue is a real thing. Yes. And we all have to make sure that we take time to learn ourselves because this is a new version, right? You've got to learn, read the instruction manual a few times to figure it out. <laughs> so. Exactly. Exactly. And don't do it alone. I, I love mm. the fact that when we bring these type of guests on and we just share, you know, each other's stories, guys, we grow when we can help each other. Mm. And to me, when I had my stroke, I went to that sad place, and I always say for a hot minute, because my first thought was, I was a nurse for 40 years. I just retired and I'm enjoying retirement. I've helped people all my life. I'm a server. Why would you do this to me? And all those questions. Yeah. And then I realized because I was on the wrong path of what I was doing, and I was stressed out doing what I was doing, mm -hmm. and I was not in, in the right zone that I needed to be, and I've learned that. But by by understanding, you know, what stroke was, I was able to get myself in there very quickly. But a lot of people don't know. So my next question to you is, did you know what a stroke was? No, I had no idea. Well, I take that back. So I knew that, um, that old people have strokes. No, it's what I knew. I knew that it only happened to grandparents. Yeah. I knew that my grandmother had a stroke 
And that was pretty much it. I didn't know signs. I didn't know symptoms. I didn't worry about it because it was on right. my bucket list at 30 years old to have a massive <laughs> stroke. So, um, so I, I, yeah, I didn't even think about it, to be honest with you. Um, you better believe I know every ounce of it now, though. And I am relentless in, in saying to mass amounts of people all the time, signs and symptoms, like don't wait. Um, obviously, I'm doing my advocacy work with, with the state of Ohio. And so working on getting policies written and ensuring that I let the world know um, so that we can further educate people. So, you know, 80% of strokes are preventable. And so there's no reason why why so many people are having strokes otherwise, but due to a lack of education, I feel. So I'm very exactly. passionate about that. It is, because in the group, whenever we ask a question, and, and it's always, did you know? People didn't know. Did you know the signs? They didn't know. And when you hear these stories, it's all the same type of story. Well, I just thought it was a headache. I thought I was just tired. I thought it was because I worked all day. I thought because I was out in the sun. And we do that to ourselves. But you guys, this is what we're here for is to tell you, your body's telling you something for a reason. I knew that night in a way there was something, but I thought, I'm good. My husband kept saying to me, honey, you, you're doing something wrong here. You, you really don't realize how exhausted you are. You've been at this all day. And I was doing something with, with another job I was doing and I was on till one o'clock in the morning mm. helping other people get their position into this job. And, and I didn't even stop to think how tired I was. I hadn't slept good the night before. I hadn't eaten good through the day. I was, it was waiting to happen. And, and I'm a nurse for crying out loud. I should have known. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, let's go to tell everybody a little bit about what you had, what you did yesterday with the governor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I have some super, super exciting news. Um, so obviously, I live in Ohio, but I'm working on this in several other states as well. So, um, as we all know, stroke survivors, but as anyone who doesn't know um, that is just watching for maybe stroke education, um, you have 1.9 million brain cells die per minute when you're having a stroke. 1.9 million. And um, obviously, seconds count when you're having a stroke. Every second is, is worth being saved. So what I realized is that um, in the state of Ohio in particular, we have laws that um, allow EMS or transportation to take you to the closest hospital when you're having a stroke. The problem with that is, although that seems great in theory, not all hospitals are equipped to take care of an individual that is having a stroke. So therefore, you may have to be transferred. And remember, I said 1.9 million brain cells are dying per minute. So the problem with that is transferring someone is just taking up more precious time causing um, it's going to definitely going to be the difference in life and death, but also long term disability. Because we know that stroke is the number one cause of long term disability in the U.S. And so, um, yes, we we just got Senate Bill 21 passed yesterday 
which is the Stroke Transportation Law, which allows funding and education to all EMS and uh, paraprofessionals um, around stroke transportation to get people to the best hospital suited for the needs, suited for their type of stroke versus just the closest one. So that way a lot less people will be happy will have to be transferred to a different hospital like I did. I don't know if you guys were transferred to different hospitals as well. It's pretty common. It is very common. And that is huge because time is is brain cells. I mean For sure. big time. And what I what I also see happening now because when I was a young nurse we didn't have, we had like code blues first thing that came in, which was for heart attacks. We never had anything for strokes. And now when my husband had a stroke 11 or 12 years ago, I didn't even know that the hospital that we happened to be really close to had a, had a stroke team. So you'll realize a lot of hospitals are now and you know, know who, where they are just in case you want to drive yourself or your spouse just ask your hospitals guys call make yeah. a simple call and ask them yeah. do they have a stroke team and we're we're really hoping to get education out there about the different levels of hospitals so there are a b c level hospitals and so it's very very important that um it you know even if your loved one is having a stroke and um, you call an ambulance. When the ambulance gets there, it may be worth saying, you know, I think they're having a stroke. I think yes. a, X, Y, and Z hospital is an A-level level hospital. And I think they have the most, best stroke care. Like that kind of information, just reminding people in a stressful situation, mm -hmm. that's going to be crucial. And so, yes. um, so I'm trying to get that law passed in, in a lot of other states because a lot of states do not have updated stroke laws. Um, but one down, you know, 49 more to go. <laughs> Come to Florida next. Don't you worry, already working on it. <laughs> you know, that brings a part to my mind. I never even thought of Jerry, you just mentioned it. But I encourage everybody in your local community, call your different hospitals, do your homework, mm -hmm. take down an hour and find out why hospital and what put it put on the lapel in your on your flagship your phone wherever and know what hospitals cover stroke. Yep, yep. I think it's very important to be self-educated because we're all just humans, right? Our physicians are just humans. Our EMS professionals are just humans. We're all just humans trying to do the best we can. So as the more educated that each person in that situation can be, the better off the odds are the person that are suffering. So I think it's incredibly important to not just rely on healthcare professionals, um, to also be educated yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just flashing a couple of comments Ooh, and stuff yeah, so yeah, you guys can funny. see it and the audience can see. Thing. Yeah, it's just, it's so wonderful to, that everybody is just loving what you're saying. And once again, feel free to ask any questions or if you have any stroke questions, if you have any advocacy questions, um, I'm, I'm hopefully going to be traveling um, a little bit more now that COVID has kind of subsided, not really, but kind of. Um, and so hopefully I'll be doing a lot more traveling to different states 
And hopefully, I was Mrs. International next month. Knock on We're all going to watch her live, we'll see what guys. Happens. Yeah. So, this pageant will be live streamed. It's on July 23rd and 24th. So, anyone can watch it if you want to. I would love all their prayers and support. And uh, yeah, it'd be great to have anyone follow me too and follow my journey. I'd love to have you. There's a lot of shirts on my page. America <laughs> sees a beauty pageant. And someone I know in it. That's amazing. Yeah. That is going to be amazing. I'm so excited. We are so happy and honored to have you on because, you know, I always say, can one person make a difference? Yeah. I think one person can because you started out with just you wanting to do something. And then now all of a sudden you're on different platforms and connecting and collaborating with different people. And that's so huge because it takes us little peons out here to really make that change because, you know, unless we talk about it and share it, you're not, people aren't going to know. Right. Well, and I think a lot of times we minimize what we can do because we mm -hmm. just think we're just one person and like, why would we bother? But if everyone thought that, there will be no one doing anything. And so Absolutely. you may be one voice, but I promise that, especially if you're a survivor, you don't have to be a survivor, but especially if you're a survivor that can advocate, that can talk about your experience, that can relate to someone else going through a similar situation. I give a lot of guidance to stroke survivors all the time. And no two strokes are ever the same. No two stroke journeys are ever the same. But I feel like, once again, it's, it's comfort. Just knowing that someone can kind of relate to what you're going through. Yes. It's yes. what we got to do, right? We have no yeah. voice but to be the voices for someone yeah. who don't have a voice. Well, one of my biggest dreams, and I'm going to, you and I will talk more about this and, and Coleman and stuff. I would love someday because as a nurse, I know how important it is when you go in a hospital and they give you a, an advocate that will help mm -hmm. you communicate with the doctor if you're having surgery or whatever it is. We need advocacies to come into a hospital when someone gets finds out that you, a hospital gets notifies this group mm -hmm. because the family is scared and they're not listening. They can't hear. They're confused. Mm -hmm. They don't understand. Mm -hmm. And the person that's in that position is also struggling to understand or may not understand right. and be out of it. We need to have someone in that room that can say, please take this conversation outside. Please don't say this in front of them. Don't expect anything for 12 hours or you, we don't right. know how, you know, someone who's a few steps ahead, whether it's a year ahead or, you know, and it doesn't have to be the same stroke. Cause like you said, no two strokes are alike, but the journey of climbing back into 2.0 is the same. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. wouldn't that be incredible to have that in every hospital? Would. And I could speak at all. And my husband is English. And no one even understands him because of his <laughs> accent. They're just confused all the time. So between the two of us, we're useless. Because we can never understand either of us. So um, you should see us when, when we first started going back out to eat um, after my stroke, obviously a while after. Um, I gained an English accent because I was only around my husband <laughs> learning how to speak yeah. again. 
And then my husband is obviously English, so we would go out to eat and people would be so confused. Like, where, how did you guys end up in Ohio from England? I'm, like, I'm from Virginia. <laughs> but even now, um, but yeah, you, I, I think for us, luckily, thank God, my husband is such a patient and calm and, and just very good listener. And poor poor thing. Like I often say he often had it worse than I even did mm-hmm. because he was, um, he was obviously dealing with everything cognizantly yes. <laughs> in real time. So he had a notebook and he had a pen and he would write everything down that the doctor said. He would then Google words, what they meant and like the, all this medical terminology, what that meant, what outcomes were, et cetera. So he had this like stroke notebook that because oh, wow. he couldn't process it in that point in time because he didn't know what things meant. He didn't know what exactly. like, procedures and blood draws and cultures were and that kind of thing. So um, so, so there yeah, you go. It would be a game changer. Oh, how important would that have been for your poor husband to have someone there just kind of take him by the hand and, and explain this? I mean, it's such a comfort, such a comfort. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, you know what that disease to TB, they make these uh, QR codes, the POGs. If we get POGs put in every um, waiting room in the U.S., and someone takes the phone and scans POG and scans the QR code and brings up Stroke TV videos, website, Jerry's information, Watson's information, we wouldn't feel so alone. I can't imagine there's so many people that get to hospital, like Jerry's saying, her husband was there alone. I mean, my wife did the same thing. So we, Mm -hmm. there's some work to be done. Yeah. And what was so scary? Very lonely disease. It is. And what was scary with mine is my husband wasn't even allowed in the hospital. So I was there alone and, you know, by the grace of God, I was able to speak and still understand mostly, mm-hmm. but I was confused and I was sure. like uh, feeling exhausted and fighting to stay awake because I felt like all I wanted to do was go to sleep and I kept talking and talking and I was just so confused and I was scared to death because I knew my thought was okay if I'm gonna die I'm gonna do this without holding my husband's hand and that's horrible yeah yeah and I I think when I thought back during COVID I was like god could I imagine being in a hospital all by yourself and like it was scary for me by myself with just my husband. Yeah. But if my husband had been there, I don't know what I would have done. It but was like, scary. Yeah, I would I was very much in a place and and also beyond that, like recovery, locked in your home, not really able to go mm-hmm. see physical and speech therapists. Like I, I just I, I feel for people that suffered strokes during during COVID time. Because, yeah. um, it's hard enough on its own. Nevertheless, yeah. when the world is in a disaster state and you're scared of getting COVID in the hospital and you're scared of like what recovery looks like. Yeah. And um, 
it, it is a lonely disease. Even when you're surrounded by people, you can feel so, so alone because you are, what's going on in your head, you may look normal, but that drives me nuts. I know yeah. I look normal, yeah. but nothing about me is normal. And mm -hmm. so when people are around me and chatting with each other and yelling aloud, I'm just like, what? Me too. I just need you all to take a deep breath and slow down for a second, please. Yeah. I get it. I, I think I will never fully understand anyone else's stroke journey because we're also individualistic in a journey. And it's also circumstantial as well. But what I can say is that you don't have to be alone because we can empathize with you in your situation, even if it's not the exact same situation, we can still provide support and love to you. And Absolutely. we can definitely give you all the information that we have in case it's helpful. Absolutely. I mean, look at Aaron. Okay. God bless. I have to give him a shout out. I know. Aaron, Aaron, so Aaron, awesome. Aaron had this dream and Aaron had this mission and Aaron it's like a little choo-choo train that said, I think I can, I think I can. And he's been doing this. And and Aaron and I only met like in January. So we're coming up on, or February, we're coming up on only like five or six months working together. And when I had my stroke, I was looking for support because as a nurse, I knew how to take care of a patient, but all of a sudden it was me and I didn't want to tell talk to you know my family didn't bring them down anymore so I thought yeah I'm going to find a community and and that's when I ran across a few groups and you know you just your vibe attracts your tribe that I wasn't it didn't work and so I see Aaron one day and obviously the cowboy hat and I thought hmm that seems cool I tell so you I need one I know with a, with a, with a nice beautiful tiara on it and uh, so I saw him and I started following him. And one day something was heavy on my heart. And I said, I need to help this man. I, I love what he's doing. And I love his resilience and his tenacity to keep going after all these years. And so I told him, I said, I think I can help you. I think there's something I can do. And we started talking and sure enough, we just, and now, now it's kind of like, Boom, taken off. Right? And it was like God knew I was on the wrong path and he was uh, working on the wrong path with different people before. And it was like if you just quiet your brain down sometimes and watch for these signs, God will tell you where you need to be. Right? And, and it's like it's just been effortless. I mean, not that we don't work hard because we do. But just the the whole thing of reaching people is effortless because right. we know what we're going for and we have that dream. Your dreams may not come true tomorrow, guys, but never, never stop dreaming them. Yeah. Well, I think it's very, very important to say that um, this is literally one second at a time, one minute at a time, one day at a time. It it doesn't come fast but the thing is is that if you don't have a stroke support group which we did not in their area at all you know like make sure that you share this group out with people yes because please. because it's it's crucial it's crucial maybe you found us which is wonderful absolutely thrilled to have you here but you know, you don't know if your friend's second cousin's 
stepmother's daughter may have a stroke in a year and, and remember, oh, that stroke TV a year ago. You know, yeah. I, I remember that. Maybe they could use that, you know. So um, I, I think the mental and the emotional part of stroke is often the hardest part. Because you have that PTSD, you have that anxiety, you have that fear, you have that grief, you have that loss, you have that uncertainty. And humans are very, um, we don't like to relinquish control. And so when your body is acting on its own and you have no control, that loss of control is a hard, hard thing to let go of. And so um you have to realize that that patience is everything. Just being patient with yourself, letting yourself feel however you feel. Uh, I think a lot of times people say, well, you're lucky to be alive or, oh, well, it could have been worse. Or, yep. you know, at least you still have one arm and you didn't lose both. And um, I don't think those people are malice or ill intent. I don't think they mean anything by it. But I do think that they don't understand that you're grieving a mm-hmm. loss. So, no, you didn't lose everything, but you lost something. Mm-hmm. So just make sure that you let yourself sit in that for a little bit and be okay with that. Be okay with being sad and mad and frustrated and confused and scared. Um, but once again, like Aaron and I were saying earlier, do not let yourself sit in that state for too long because right. – um, you're going to feel things throughout your stroke journey that my, um, my stroke anniversary is always a very, very emotional day for me. Um, I always, that night of my stroke anniversary, I mean, I always buy like five cakes because I like cake and I just don't want to have yeah. like what kind of cake. I, I just get them all. And I figure, you know, it's my stroke anniversary. So it's kind of like my rebirth. So I get cakes, whatever I want them. Right. Um, so I'm just sitting around with a ton of cakes in front of me and I'm just like, I could have died. Yeah. And just like letting yourself sit in that moment sometimes is it's very real. It, it is very fresh. And I think it's important to realize that you can be okay 364 days a year. And if you had that one day, that's okay. Absolutely. You're allowed to feel that. Absolutely. Uh, what a what a great one, you know. That was amazing. I love it. The main thing is, people, you don't have to go at this alone. Mm-hmm. You right. don't have, I don't know. I'm sure Jerry experienced. I know Deborah probably did. The reason I did the movement I created was because I felt so alone. Mm-hmm. So isolated. I did want to know with other people. Yeah. So what occurred all strokes of others around the world to reach out and help each other. Let you help each other know you're not alone. Yeah. Uh, we can all relate to each other. Yeah. You know what I'm but yeah. you know what's crazy? We're all the all the work movement is over over the show time, Jerry. Well, we're gonna have to have her come back. Big time. Yeah, together. Maybe I can come back as Mrs. International. Yeah. Yes. I love that. happens. I love that. <laughs> the up-to-date what you're doing, would you? Will do. I want to personally invite you to do, we start TV as a division page. You're a member of Umbridge. It's a group called Second Chance Strokes Lawyers. Yeah. Post that. Keep us up to date what you got going on. 
job down there. But I want to thank you once again for being with us today. Thank Will you. Do. Thank you guys so much for having me. I love you both. And I'm so thankful for you and all that you're doing in our community. You mean so much to us. And I can't wait to be in touch soon. Absolutely. Great, thanks, everybody. Goodbye, community. Thank you again, Jerry. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye.